Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Cullenberg, can you hear me now? Not loud enough? Okay. Uh, first things first, um, what Sean did on that guitar is criminal. Um, I found myself making that face that, like, guitarists make when they hit a good note. They're like, dude, that was dirty, what just happened on this stage. I don't even, ugh. all right, cool. So thanks for sharing your gifts, um, musician folk. And I feel really, really confident following that. <laughs> Advice I would have given to my parents if I'd have been there before I was born. Make sense? Advice that I would have given to my parents um, if I was there before I was born. Mom, Dad, if you're going to give me a sex talk, go ahead and do me a favor and draw it on some paper, some diagrams, slide it across the table to me, and then walk out and never talk to me about it. Um, No, no, really, mom and dad, if you're going to talk to me, if you're going to even say the word sex, please be referring to the biology book and never to you or my mother, please. Um, Advice, this is serious, serious. Things I would have said to my mom and dad. Mom and dad, do me a favor. Um, You guys are supposed to always, always love me. And, And dad, if I decide to not play baseball like you did, or if I'm not going to be as good of an athlete as you, please don't look at me like I'm less of a man. Cool? Fair? Cool. Mom and Dad, if you, um, you guys are supposed to be this picture of, you know, like I see in the books and I see in the movies, like great parents that always love their children, always love, please don't ever yell. And when I'm wrong, don't tell me that I'm wrong. Just um, encourage me and tell me to do great things instead of, you know, blowing it, right? Right? Mom and Dad, we'll get into the more serious. Mom and dad, uh, do me a favor and don't ever leave, okay? Don't ever leave. Mom mom and dad, um, if I don't want the things that you want for my life, if I want to do different stuff, um, please actually listen to the reasons that I want to do what I want to do. And don't just dismiss them, cool? Mom and dad, mom and dad, um, please hear me on this. This is big, mom. This is big, dad. If... um, If things don't work out in my life like you had planned, do me a favor and still love me, okay? Because it would be really, really important to me if you did that because then there wouldn't be nights where I feel unloved, cool? Because then there wouldn't be nights where I'm not sure if you wanted me. Um, Mom and dad, do me a big favor and um, always be proud of me. Even when I blow it in trying to do something big and great, always be proud of me, cool? Always be proud because I really, really need that. I feel needy sometimes, but I really need that. I need you to be proud of me. I need you to be proud. Mom and dad, when you're having a bad day, you know, I know you're human, but when you're having a bad day, don't ever let me see it, okay? Because because then I'll know that you're really just human and that you're not perfect and and then that'll blow every conception that I have of you in my head. And, and that's really going to mess stuff up for me if you're not perfect. And you, because you've had a bad day at the office, you scream at me. Because if you scream at me when you've had a bad day at the office, then I'm going to wonder in my bed late at night by myself if you love me. And if that happens, then stuff's really going to get bad. So do me a favor. Even when you have a bad day at the office, 
lock it up, and just love me and always be kind. Cool? Excellent. Hey, last thing, Mom and Dad, last thing. Do me a big favor and be perfect. Do me the biggest favor in the world and never screw up. Uh, Mom and Dad, please be perfect. Let me pray for us real quick. Hey, Dad, thanks so much for the chance to get to be here in front of a whole bunch of new faces that I don't know and and some that I do. I'm just thankful for you. I'm thankful that no matter how many times I mess up, no how many times um, I get mad at you, how many times I blow it, that you still love me. Dad, I, I expect the people in my life to love me perfectly when I don't love them perfectly back. So, Dad, what I'm asking tonight is that you would move in this place and that um, there's a lot of folks that came in here from a lot of different places. Dad, uh, they may not dig you. They may not know what they think about God. They may not know if God's real or if you're real. I don't know how to talk about it like that. Um, they may not know if you're real. They may not have any clue what to think about Jesus or the cross or anything like that. They just came because um, their buddy invited them, or that's at least what they think. And so, Father, what I'm asking you, I confess that I can't do anything here tonight by myself, and so what I'm asking is that you would show up big in this place and do what, whatever it is you want to do that would bring people to you. I'm so thankful for the people in this room. Dad, I pray that it would be your words that come through my mouth, not my own. I love you so much. So, so, so very much. Amen. How you doing? Dead silent. Nice. Love you too. So, um, my mom and dad aren't perfect. They're not at all. Um, I don't know if you recognize from what I just showed you guys or said in front of you. Um, my mom and dad are not perfect. Not all of that is their story. Some of that is stories that I've heard from y'all. Some of that is um, compiled, like meshed together and boiled down into one little 45-second segment that I got to give you about expectations that we have of mom and dad, right? And ultimately, if we're going to be really, really honest, I think that we expect them to be perfect because they're older and they've seen more of life. And we expect people to have figured it out by then, right? I mean, by your 40s or your 50s or your 60s or your 30s or however old your parents are, I guess we kind of expect them to be perfect. Or at least I, I didn't admit that that's what I expected until later on in life. But ultimately, I wanted my mom and my dad to be perfect. And I guess I kind of realized later on in life that I was going to be waiting a long time if that was my goal. I was going to be waiting forever because it wasn't going to happen. My mom and dad are not perfect. They have blown it royally in my life. And they've also succeeded in my life some too. They've done really beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things. And they've done some things that are just wheels off the cart. They've done some things that would go down probably in the encyclopedia of great parental acts, stuff that would be like, man, that's what mom and dads are supposed to do. And they've done some things that would go over in this book, you know, the one that happens on the made-for-TV melodramas to where there's big fights and it's terrible and it's really, really, it's on Lifetime a lot. Um, I mean, just awful movies. They managed to somehow, if this is great parenting and this is horrible parenting, 
they've somehow managed to firmly straddle the line, being at sometimes excellent and being at sometimes really, really bad. And I've got news for you in case you didn't know, but I'm sure that you already have because you're all intelligent people that are staring at me. Um, you also, every day of your life, straddle this line between being a great human and being a pretty, really, really crappy human. That's just honest. And what I'm staring at right now and what you're staring at right now is the exact same thing. Broken, jacked up, in process, incomplete, not wonderful, not terrible. Just right here. Right in the middle, right? And when we get bad, when we, when we feel bad about how we're doing or what life is, what do we immediately do? We compare ourselves to scoundrels, huh? But at least I'm not like that, right? I mean, I could be like him. I mean, he's hit his girlfriend before. The whole school knows it. I could be like that, but I'm not. Whew. I could be like her. I know that she slept around a lot. I mean, I could be like her. But, man, I'm not. Compare myself. We tend to compare ourselves to scoundrels to make ourselves, when we straddle the line and we start towing over into the terrible, we start comparing ourselves to people that we think are worse, right? It's okay. I do it too. I'm just being honest, right? And so here's what I want to start with. I'm not going to talk long. I'm really not. But I just want you to focus on this for a second. Realizing that your earthly mom and dad straddle this line just like you is a great place to start. It's a great place to start. We're going to talk about relationships, and we're going to talk about your relationship between your mom and your dad. And I'm going to be really, really honest with you. That song earlier that you heard, who'd ever heard of Everclear before? Anybody? Anybody? Half of you were only like four in the 90s. That's awesome. Um, that makes me feel real old. Anyway, what they talked about is kind of something that hits really, really close to my heart. And here's what happens. The chorus says this. I just don't understand how you can smile with all those tears in your eyes and tell me everything is wonderful now. I'm willing to bet this. There's enough of you in this room, and you've probably been to a few churches in your life, maybe, sometime along the lines. I'm willing to bet that at some point, a lot of you in this room have stood where you're sitting right now and looked at someone standing where I'm standing right now, and you've heard them look at you and say, hey, mom and dad, got to love them. got to love them. You want to have, I mean, we're, we're just trying to paint over the white wall of the tomb, right? We look at something that's terrible, this broken down shack of a house that represents your relationship between your mom and your dad. And the person standing where I'm standing tries to get a bucket of white paint and just paint it to make it look nice for a second, right? Hey, it can be great. Hey, I'll pray for you. Have a great night. Hey, it'll all be okay. I'm going to pray for you. God's there. Don't worry about it. Let's just toss a bucket of white paint on this, make it look a little bit better for right now so that it'll get you home and you'll be able to sleep tonight. Here's what I can't do. I can't look at you, no matter who you are. I can't look at you and tell you that God is going to, if you talk to him, and if you try and live for him, that God's going to fix your family, that he's going to make dad come back from wherever he went, that he's going to make mom love you again or that y'all are going to stop fighting, or that there's never going to be trouble between you and your parents again, or that he'll stop drinking, or that she'll stop cheating on your dad, or, or that I can't promise you any of that. Because if anyone stands where I am and promises you any of that, they're lying. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I had a really, really awesome relationship growing up 
um, with my parents, and I consider myself blessed beyond measure to have it. I understand there are a lot of people in here that don't have that story. I talked to a little sister of mine in here right before we started the night, and I was like, you want to have kids someday? She's like, yeah, I want to have kids. I was like, okay, cool, cool, me too. Um, if you could look back on your life and how you've been parented by your folks, um, you know, especially your dad, looking at your dad, what would you do differently? She goes, well, you know, kind of both agreed that all she had to compare, you know, parenting to is how she got parented. She goes, well, what she said kind of broke my heart. Um, she's precious. That's what she said. She said, um, well, I've had two dads, and they both kind of suck. And then I thought for a second and realized that that's not the only person in this room with that story. Huh. There's some of you in here that have maybe stories comparable to that or just like that or similar. I cannot stand here and tell you that stuff's going to be okay by picking up this God habit or by being a Christian or by praying or by getting a Bible and trying to read it. I can't tell you that dad's going to come back and that they're going to stop fighting and that mom's going to come back and be together with your dad again or that he's going to stop drinking or she's going to get out of rehab. I can't tell you any of that stuff. And those are just some of your stories that I'm tossing out. I cannot tell you that by coming to a place like this and listening to a guy like me trying to tell you that Jesus is everything in this life, that by actually hearing what I'm saying will fix what you're going through. I can't do that. But what I can promise you is this. Hear me. Because right now, it'd be so easy for you to turn off. I don't have much longer. No matter how rough your relationships are at home between your mom and your dad, no matter how rough, if they're like the story of the girl I told you a few seconds ago, or if they're great, <laughs> here's the funny part, even if they're great, if mom and dad that you go home to every night loves you, and they've been to every soccer slash ballerina recital that you've ever had. I don't know why I went soccer and ballerina. Um, just deal with it. Um, yeah, soccer recital, yes. Um, if your mom and dad you think are A-list, they're way more on this side of the playing field in the middle than on this side, or if they're terrible and you think that they don't straddle the line, they're just straight in the bad one. I can promise you this. No matter how good or how bad, no matter how good or how bad, God the Father it's perfect. There is no straddling the midline with him. You might want to ask your mom and dad, if you were up here and I gave you the face mic, which you would not like right now because it is swamped and sweaty, but if I put it on your face and we plastered it with tape and I made you stand right here and then I went and sat down and we just started a line and we could go through the, hey, what advice would you give your mom and dad if you could have been there before you were born and you started doing what I did earlier? No matter what you would have said to your mom or dad with your advice, I can promise you this. You might have asked them, Dad, why did you leave? Dad, promise me this. Don't ever leave me, okay? Don't ever leave. When I'm six, you're going to be tempted to leave. Don't leave, okay? Stay with mom, and y'all stay in the house together, and we'll be a great family, and everything will be awesome, and, and then we'll have a normal family life. Don't leave, okay? Stay, stay there. Stay there. God the Father promises I'll never leave you, 
and I will never forsake you. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. Never leave you. Never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Ever. Somebody often asks me, I, I get this funny look all the time. I don't know if you guys have this. If, who has a job in here? Raise your hand. Okay, Bobby, where do you work? You work for your dad? What do you do? You, you do what? Deliver helium tanks. Excellent. Who has a job? Raise your hand. Kirsch, what do you do? Gymnastics coach. Excellent. Anybody else? Raise your hand. What do you do in the back? Taylor, what do you do? I work at the Y. I work at the YMCA. Beautiful. Big Papa Dave, what do you do? I make granola. <laughs> right here. Right here. So, <laughs> actually, Big Dave may actually get the same reaction that I do, just for different reasons. I'm wondering if you've ever gotten this. When you go up and you're talking with somebody in the line at Chipotle, which is where I was today, and someone comes up to you and you're like, oh, what do you do? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm an accountant or I, I'm a businessman or I sell stuff or whatever they say. The funniest reactions, I get them so often. It's like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a youth pastor. And they're like, really? And then they begin to look at, I normally have a huge beard. And then they begin to look at the tattoos and um, all that stuff. And they're like, that's it's funny. Um, so what do you really do? Or how jacked up are your kids that you're the one pastoring them? And um, I think that's what's going on in their head. But here's the deal. Um, ultimately, it's at that point that I'd really like to take those people and sit them down at the table at Chipotle and tell them, okay, here's what I really do. Because what I told you is that I, I'm a youth pastor, which means basically to some of you guys in here, that I play goofy games, that I, I somehow convince kids to put a blindfold on and then to eat ice cream being fed to them by a girl. Um, or, or we give you half of our paycheck like we did earlier, which is $2, and then, we, and then we hand it inside of your palm, and we're like, hey, everybody run around and start slapping hands, and then eventually one of you will get half of our paycheck. Um, and then eventually, like, that's what you think that we do, right? Like for all of our week, we're just sitting there scratching our head in the office, be like, man. Dollar bill game seemed to work. Let's do that one. Hey, let's get them all, I don't know, let's tell them to bring uh, lawn chairs. I don't know. Let's do that. I'm sure right now, whether or not you believe it or not, you think that that's what I do all week. And you think that's what Chad does all week. No, let me tell you what I do all week. Cool? Ready? This is about 7% of my week. Coming up with a dollar bill that I can afford to give you. Um that I won't miss out when I have to pay bills. Or coming up with um, the ice cream that we got to have to make you have a good time and to laugh. <laughs> or, or Dave and the band, when they're up here, how they get to practice and they get to play all these songs that make you smile. And Sean practices his heart out and sounds ridiculous. And Murph has a hidden talent of playing the piano, we just discovered, which is awesome. And, I'll, yeah, that's crazy. Right here. That's about 7% of our week. This is literally, I'm done in four minutes. You want to know what a youth pastor does? Let me tell you what I do. And what I want to do for the rest of my life, even if literally $2 is half of my paycheck for the rest of my existence. If I never get to live in a nice house, if I always have to live in an apartment, or if I, if literally Sarah and I, I love you, um, if, if 
we have to, when we get married, if she's making big bucks as a nurse and I'm like banking at nothing, making a youth pastor salary, and then we live in just the, the crappiest, tiniest little rat hole together, which will still be awesome, babe. Love you. If that's the case, here's the deal, right here. For the rest of my life, here's what I want to do. I want to tell you about what I found. Right here, because it's not going to make any sense. Like all this stuff, I'm going to give you the insight. So when you come into a place like this, whether it be right here or in North Dakota or Wisconsin or wherever you go, that you can come into a place like this and you can know what people like me do. Because we look goofy, I'm telling you. Like literally, you got middle-aged men up here like hand-feeding ice cream to high school kids. You're like, what do you do with your life? Like, I get that. That's cool. That's okay. You can judge me on that. That's fine. But let me tell you why I do all that stuff. So that you will smile. So that you will have joy. So that you might meet friends here and build community. And all of that so that you might have a ball and feel loved. And that you might actually, because 95 of the rest, literally this is 2% of your week, right? You're in here for an hour and a half and then you go back home. This is less than 1% of your week. And we do all that we do, all this goofy stuff, all this stuff, so that you might feel a little bit of love for less than 1% of your week. And ultimately, we're not responsible for any of the love. God is. Because a few years ago, I found out who God was, God the Father. And I found out that he was perfect. And I found out that even though you can't see him all the time, like you can see me, that having a relationship with him is possible. It's possible. It's possible. And so for the rest of my life, if I have to live in the tiniest rat hole and make no money and eat ramen noodles and put our kids in like terrible, terrible clothes from Goodwill, no shame, I'm wearing a Goodwill shirt right now. I'm saying, look, right here, right here. If all, look, please, for the rest of my life, if I make no money, we live in a terrible home, if, if I get no praise for it, no glory, if none of you think that what we do is funny or cool or whatever, it doesn't matter to me, if one of you finds out what I found out, which is that Jesus Christ is real and that he loves you and that he wants to have a relationship with you. For the rest of my life, and I'm not crazy or nothing. No, for real, I've been legally checked out, I'm legit. Everything up here is working. Yeah, it's some rad. Here's what would be really easy. For you to walk out tonight. For you to walk out tonight and to never think again about what I'm telling you right now. Especially if you're a guest, right? (laughs) This is your first time. You're like, all right, sweaty man's crazy. I'm out. Hey, thanks for bringing me, friend. Awesome. Chair was uncomfortable. He sweated all over me, spit on me a little bit, and it was awkward. I'm out. But tell you what, that'd be really, really, really simple, huh? But I'm willing to bet this. In some of your chest, like in here, there's a little tightness, huh? Feels tight. I know that feeling. Oh, well. the rest of my life. This may not mean much to you because you don't know me. That's fine. But for the rest of my life, for the rest of Chad's life, for the rest of Sarah's life, for the rest of Taylor's life, for the rest of Eric's life, for the rest of Captain Braga's life, for the rest of Big Dave Martinez, the giant bald Mexican guy, 
for the rest of Renee's life, for the rest of Brian Kirsch's life, for the rest of Justin Adams' life, for the rest of Cody Adams' life, for the rest of my days until I go into the ground and I breathe no more, my body starts to decompose with every ounce of my being. I want to tell anyone who will listen about Jesus. He is the only thing in this life. The only thing in this life that promises eternal love. You will try and have tried and will continue to try to fill yourself with stuff that feels good. And you will come up empty. And I love you enough to tell you. For the rest of my life, I'm Jesus. The people that I told you about, for the rest of their lives. And yeah, it'll look different. We'll mess up. We'll have days to where we suck at life. Just like you. But for the rest of my existence, until I go in the ground, until God calls me home, I'm going to tell you and hope and pray, cross my fingers and cross my legs and do whatever, and look like a fool in front of you. I don't care. I'll do all that in the hopes that you will know Jesus. Because here's what I promise you, and then I'm done. He will never leave you, never forsake you. And he promises full life to deliverance for the rest of my life. And I'm not crazy about I'm going to leave you with this. These are the words of God. Cool. Actually said it. Let me unpack that. The words of God, like the one who created air and your heartbeat and the one that when you sleep tonight and you close your eyes and, and you just drift off to sleep, you forget that literally millions of cellular things have to happen just to keep you alive at night. The one who will make your lungs go up and down hundreds of times as you sleep. The one who will make your heart beat hundreds and hundreds of times while you sleep so that you can wake up the next morning. He tells you this. I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters. And if you want to know how that can happen for you, let us know. Bow your heads real quick. Close your eyes.